Chicago. Welcome to Bridging Chicago. I'm Leona Kuhar, your host of this episode of Bridging Chicago. Our guest is Dr. Jordan Carcaville. Dr. Carcaville is a Chicago-based board-certified dermatologist and dermatopathologist and a trained mycographic surgeon. In addition to having a very successful practice here in Chicago, Jordan is also the president of the Chicago Dermatological Society. Jordan, welcome to Bridging Chicago. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. So I'd just like to start out with you telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, and what, what led you to Chicago. Sure. Um, I'm actually from Chicago, from the suburbs. And um, however, my trainings led me all over the country. Um, I did my undergraduate at Washington University in St. Louis and did a year in Spain there. Then I went to Rush Medical School here in Chicago and then um, Cook County um, Dermatology Residency and then Dermatopathology at UCLA. And then I did a cosmetic mentorship in Hollywood, California. And then finally, a Mohs micrographic surgery with uh, reconstructive training in Spokane, Washington. Oh, so you have been all over the place. Yes, but I always come back home. I like the Midwesterners. The Midwest draws you back. <laughs> yes, for sure. What led you to becoming a doctor? It's a good question. Um, it's been definitely a... Um, you know, path. Um, in the beginning, um, when I was in first grade, my, my dad always said, I just want you to do something that helps people. And so at that time I said, well, I'm either going to be a doctor or a florist. And, okay. um, <laughs> I had a lot of scientists in my family. My grandfather, um, was a nuclear physicist. And so I had a lot of science exposure, um, which we'll circle back to why that's important to me, but science exposure at a young age, I think really influenced my choices and career. Okay. Um, but that's why I became a doctor and it's specifically dermatology is such a perfect nexus of art and science. Okay. So, um, it really was perfect, um, for my personality. Did you always plan once you decided you wanted to be a doctor, which I understand was at a very young age, did you then think about dermatology or was there something that really kind of uh, solidified that for you? Um, so when I was in college, I was on the pre-med track. And then I mentioned that I lived in Spain and I really got exposed to art history. And I was a Spanish major, in fact. And I was this close to becoming a museum curator. Um, and then they basically said you had to learn a second language in, or a third language in addition to English, Spanish. And I thought, oh, boy, that's really hard. I'm going to go to med school. So... <laughs> Um, and, uh, and plus the job market, I figured would be better. But um, and so I really realized during that year in, in Spain, um, the world of art sort of just opened to me. And I realized that I had like a photographic memory and I could mm -hmm. remember patterns and colors and time periods and artists and styles um, really easily. It just came so easily and the, the story behind it. And so when I was in medical school, I missed that. And um, basically, when I did my dermatology rotation, it, I realized, wow, this is such a visual science. And there was so much pattern recognition it, within rashes, 
mm-hmm. know, there's so many different like squamous or papula squamous, like eczema, psoriasis, fungal, like all these types of nuanced rashes. And it became very visual recognition for me. And so, and it also is very hands-on. Um, mm-hmm. And then furthermore, pathology is a lot of path. Um, visual recognition. So that's how dermatology, it's the perfect nexus of art and science. So we know that May is Skin Cancer Awareness Month. And I'd like to talk a little bit about skin cancer. How important is it to protect our skins and and for parents to protect their children's skin from ultraviolet rays? I cannot emphasize enough that how important it is for skin health. Um, it's important to reduce sunburns and chronic UV exposure because those will prevent skin cancers. So mm-hmm. sun exposure is one of the most preventable, preventative, prevent, preventable <laughs> risk factors yeah. for all skin cancers, including melanoma. And do you think it should start at a very early age? I think uh, that the protection. Parents- Parents um, should, yeah, kids learn from their parents as their role models and mentors. And and definitely it should start from a young age. Um, you know, as soon as six, at six months, you can start wearing sunscreen. But um, not having sun-seeking behavior um, in a family is a good indicator of good protection through life. So if your family goes to the beach, um, you know, it's still enjoyable to be able to have a beach vacation um, under, you know, be having an umbrella or wearing, you know, a rash guard and certain clothing that protects you. Yes. So you can enjoy the beach, but do it safely. Exactly. So um, you mentioned a couple things about ways to protect ourselves, like the, the rash guards and umbrellas. What are some other ways that we can protect ourselves from the harmful effects? Well, new research has shown well in the past 10 years that daily sunscreen can cut the incidence of melanoma, which is the deadliest skin cancer, uh, by mm-hmm. half. So we really recommend as dermatologists SPF and UPF greater than 50. So sun protection uh, factor, and that's for the sunscreens and sunblocks. And then the ultraviolet protection factor is more for clothing. So sun protective clothing and sunscreens and stopping sun be- uh, seeking behavior are going to be your most important ways of protecting from ultraviolet. Uh, during your career as a dermatologist, have you seen changes in the way and uh, how people view skin cancer? And are they more cognizant of it? Absolutely. Um, So during, I would say over the past decade, I think these awareness campaigns. So for example, right now, May is just Skin Cancer Awareness Month. These campaigns, I think, have really helped um, because it is about awareness. And so I actually see in my practice an influx of skin exams this month, uh, May specifically, and then it continues through the summer. Um, But overall, having a yearly skin exam is becoming more acceptable, more routine, um, and we're having more primary care refer to us, um, you know, to evaluate these atypical lesions. Um, And that's probably given the importance and the life-saving outcome of early detection. And so the best way you'll get early detection is awareness and skin cancer screenings. Because I'm under the impression that some people might think that skin cancer isn't a serious thing, but it can be a very serious thing. Absolutely. Skin cancer is is very serious. In fact, it's 
one of the most common types of skin cancer in the United States. It's actually the most common type um, in the U.S. And one in five Americans by the age of 70 will have skin cancer. Um, and it can be deadly. So that's why it is so serious. About 75% of skin cancer deaths are from melanoma. Um, the most common type of skin cancer is going to be your basal cell carcinoma followed by, by squamous cell carcinoma. And those are in the subset of the non-melanoma skin cancers. Those don't tend to be as deadly as melanoma, but they can be locally aggressive and they can mm -hmm. be cosmetically disfiguring if left, you know, to their own, you know, for years. So we really yeah. recommend taking care of these things in the early stages. Um, it is, it is serious. Um, so now I'd like to talk a little about the um, Chicago Dermatological Society and its mission and your role in that society. Yeah, so this has been um, a really exciting year. Um, a lot of new challenges that I, I never thought I'd face in my career. But um, last June, um, they, my colleagues asked if I would consider being the president of the Chicago Derm Society. And I accepted um, with one caveat. I said, I just have to make sure we do something special and meaningful um, with this you know, year of dedication to the society. And so every every June is the transition. We transition from you know, July to July. So every June, there's the president's address. And so um, this year, and we could talk about it a little bit more, but this year I created something called the Art of Skin Gala. And mm -hmm. um, our society, it's it's an old society. So you know, bringing something new is always you know, fun and exciting. Um, but yes, it's a 120-year-old society, and the mission of our group is to educate our members, so the dermatologists and guests that might be medical students and other um, other students who are interested in dermatology, um, to teach and educate about the um, specialty and its subspecialties. Um, and so we also strive as part of our mission is to promote excellence in patient care, um, adherence to a high level of ethical conduct and professionalism. Um, we promote dermatology related research. So we have a grant program and research program, um, a spirit of community among the members. Um, so we gather for a meeting every month um, with all the universities that we have here in Chicago. We have six major universities. So we've got tons of great cases and um, experts here. And then, of course, the public interest relating to dermatology, we want to promote that. And so that's what this year really has been, is we've promoted that public interest and really involved the public more than we ever have this year. So the it sounds like the society has really evolved. And I mean, especially with, uh, you know, the, the, the first time gala, I mean, it seems like things are really changing. <laughs> For sure. So um, I've been a member member for about 15 years, I think it is, because, yeah, I think it's about almost 15 years. So I have seen it. Um, I've seen my mentors be the leaders and colleagues. And um, yes, it's changed a lot over the years and particularly that particularly this year as well. Um, Again, as I mentioned, we've really engaged with the public more than we ever have before, which is exciting because um, there's just been a lot going on as far as skin and um, diversity and inclusivity. Um, so really, the Chicago Dermatological Society has taken a stance on inclusivity um, through our endeavors this year. And um, the event that we're hosting in, in three weeks, um, you know, the 
the main message is all skin is beautiful, um, inclusivity message. And um, with our, you know, proceeds, we're working to diversify dermatology with a mentorship program um, and also in emphasizing education on skin of color. I hope to um, be able to start a new Art of Skin lecture series. We have several different lecture programs that are, you know, educational coffers where we have um, guest speakers. And I think that having trained at Cook County Hospital here in Chicago, um, you know, we, we, we would see all types of people just because with O'Hare Airport being a main airport, we would get, you know, people who were in need of urgent care. The second week I was ever at Cook County um, for my, in my first year of residency, I had a patient with leprosy from Pakistan. Oh, wow. um, we have, you know, we just, we just would see, and then of course, Chicago is a very diverse city. So I think I take, has have always taken for granted that education on skin of color. And so I realized that a lot of my colleagues may, may not have had that same exposure. So we're really looking to um, promote an educational um, ser lecture series about skin of color as well. I, Jordan, when we spoke earlier, you said something that really impacted me about, um, and I don't know if this is directly your quote, but it was all skin is the same under a microscope. And that was very impactful, I think. It really made me think. That was my quote because I, I as I started today, I, my background is um, a lot in dermatopathology. And one thing I'll say is that when you're looking at moles and you're looking at skin, the color of the skin really is, you know, it's all H&E, hematoxylin and eosin. So we see pink cells with blue um, staining and we see various things that we're not really focusing on, you know, is this... African-American skin is this Asian skin is Hispanic white, like, you know, it, all skin is so equal under the microscope that I thought it was just so important for dermatologists as a, like a specialty to kind of take a stance there and, mm -hmm. and just make that statement of inclusivity. All skin is beautiful. We are the skin experts who can really say that and uh, promote that inclusivity. Yeah. And it just makes so much sense. It just, you know, it, it's just common sense when you say it that way about all skin being equal under the microscope. Totally. There are some nuances, the way that we get uh, melanin. So really it's, it's just the amount of melanin that's in our keratinocyte that gives us our pigment. So it's just a simple science and yeah, it's not, it looks very similar under the microscope. It's, it's pretty cool. Tell us about the upcoming Art of Skin Gala and the beneficiaries of it. Um, high jump, and Horizons for Youth. And then I understand there's also uh, mentorships and endowments that will benefit from this uh, gala. Tell us about that. Sure. So this, uh, so the president's address, again, it'll be June 10th. Um, this is the Art of Skin Gala, and it's being hosted by the Chicago Dermatological Society on June 10th, 2022. So just in three weeks. Um, it will be held at um, Revel Motor Row and it's open to the public. So that's in Chicago. And it's a celebration of All Skin is Beautiful, um, touching on inclusivity and then supporting education of children in underserved communities. So the proceeds are going to be going towards our beneficiaries, which are two groups. It's um, High Jump and Horizons mm -hmm. for Youth. So specifically, we want our proceeds to go, go towards STEM education, so science education um, for these kids. So bringing us full circle, 
I really valued the fact that I had the opportunity as a child um, to explore the sciences and have a family that fostered that interest. And so I just want to do what we can to foster other children, you know, here in Chicago who are less fortunate um, to have exposure to sciences because it's really not just an easy track to jump into um, the, the marathon of medicine, I call it. I think that it really, you know, you have to be trained from a young age to understand science, mm -hmm. chemistry, biology, um, and be prepared for that competitive um, program. So those are our two um, beneficiaries. And then more proceeds, we want, uh, we are starting a new mentorship program. It's um, for underrepresented medical students. So this is going to help mentor. We have four um, awardees who have been selected and two are from out of state, two are from in-state. And so these students will rotate with dermatologists who are part of the Chicago Dermatological Society. And they will rotate with, with us and we will help mentor them, help work on their CVs, um, maybe provide advice on research and kind of expose some of these uh, medical students to the field of dermatology and see how we can help. So yeah, we've got some great things ahead of us. And one other thing I was going to mention, we have really great um, sponsors. Um, Janssen is our, Janssen slash Johnson & Johnson is our lead sponsor. AbV is our um, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion sponsor. And we have several other amazing sponsors. We even have um, BET, so Black Entertainment Television, sending reporters in, um, Better Magazine, which is a local Chicago um, magazine as well. There are uh, also sponsors. So we just have a great lineup of people who are interested in supporting. It sounds wonderful. How did you facilitate all this? I, it's, you know, it, it's amazing what you could do when you put your mind to it. Um, all year I've been working on this. Um, you know, I've had a great team. That's the other thing. It's really, um, I have an excellent team. Uh, we have a creative director who was actually the, her name's Cheryl Berman. She was the first chairwoman of Leo Burnett. So she is our creative director. Um, woman named Lisa Yukman, who I probably talk to every day this whole year. Um, she actually is someone who um, invented what sponsorship is used as today. Um, so she sold her company in 2006 to WPP, but her last client was the World Olympics. So she um, is an absolute master at sponsorship. So she helped me with uh, proposals that she you know, wrote, wrote them and we uh, pitched them. And so we had meetings all year with our sponsors. Um, and then um, Jean Caslin, she's a Stanford graduate who's worked in uh, as executive director and in museums and in, in fundraising. And so she has really been a key role in our fundraising as well as as well as the Durham mentorship program. Um, so we just have had an extremely strong team of um, heavy hitters to make this happen. Yeah, it sounds like you have a strong and very knowledgeable team. Oh, yeah, I couldn't have done it without them. I mean, it's taken all year to accomplish an inaugural thing. And we've raised already, um, I think it's, a, a, I think we're at a million dollars, maybe 970,000. So for an inaugural gala, it's really, uh, my goal was 250,000. So we have blown past that. And it's gonna, this is even without ticket sales and the auction. Yeah, we'll have that's it amazing. Yeah. I can imagine on June 9th, you're going to be pretty excited for the next day. 
<laughs> I can't wait. It's an accomplishment that I can say that I feel proud of. And I think that, you know, making an impact in a positive way for other people, especially children, um, is wonderful. And that's really what I set out to do. So. And I want to touch just a little bit more because um, Bridging Chicago, we on uh, Bridging Chicago, we do um, a, we, a lot of our guests are not-for-profit organizations. So I know High Jump um, is a not-for-profit, um, as well as the other. Um, Horizons. The other. Tell us a little bit. Do you, can you tell us a little about those two nonprofits? Sure. Yeah, I mean, both have been around for about 30 years and they're both well established and we chose them because they were local established and we felt that they would feel some impact from um, our giving and um, Horizons follows students from kindergarten through high school. So okay. I got to participate in an event with them last summer and um, and got to know a lot of the kids. And so basically they start young and they have mentorship and kind of meetings and coaching all through their, you know, educational years. And so when I went to their kind of their graduate, their graduation lunch, I was just so, you know, impressed to see there was, there were kids going to, you know, Cornell, there were kids going to just universities all over the country. And so they really were um, coming from difficult places and were supported by the, this, this group. Mm -hmm. And um, High Jump also has been around for a long time, and they um, focus on kids' education and, and, and a lot of those early years as well. So we really hope that our funds will go towards um, the STEM education of the sciences, because we want to, you know, after the pandemic, it really showed a lot of what the healthcare disparities are. Um, with different uh, populations not being represented. And so this would be a great solution is just to help foster that education and sciences from a young age so that they can achieve um, the goals of becoming scientists, doctors, dentists, um, and professions within the sciences and healthcare and reduce those disparities. Jordan, it sounds like you really are paying it forward. Uh, you know, you had the early exposure, the opportunity to be exposed to science at an early age and your passion for it is so obvious and and very admirable. Thank you. So if someone wants to purchase tickets for the Art of Skin Gala, where, how would they do that? So it's very easy. Um, we have a beautiful website. It was actually donated by one of our committee members as well. And um, it's cdsevents.org. So cdsevents.org. And tickets are still available. They are, yeah. We're we're almost sold out, but um, oh, okay. We have a little. It can go up to a certain point, so I'm going to leave it open as long as I can. But we have a, a great turnout, so it's it's also got an indoor outdoor space. So for anyone who's concerned about you know pandemic stuff, we had we thought about that a year ago. Um, we have an amazing uh, band, a, a, a Prince tribute band coming to oh. um, play. So that reaches all kind of generations and yeah. age, age groups and cultures and all that. So it's super exciting and fun energy. Um, we also have a group of four women who are you know, opening the event during cocktail hour with um, violins. And one of them happens to be my patient. She said I could share that. And um, <laughs> She, uh, they met at the Civic Chicago Civic Orchestra, and so they play anything from like um, 
electronic dance music to Billie Eilish to the Beatles. So oh. uh, also just like a wide variety. Well-rounded, of yeah. Music, yeah. So I think it's going to be a really cool event. It and sounds like it definitely awesome. is. <laughs> well, Jordan, we wish you the best of luck with the gala and in your practice as well. And we thank you for joining us. And thank make you so sure much. you let us know how, how the event uh, went. We're going to be very curious and, and excited to hear about it. Oh, thank you. It'll be great. We hope to ha have you guys come. <laughs> thank you. Well, you take care and have a, have a great uh, rest of your day and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solution Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts, under certain conditions, and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including, but not limited to, or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceedings.